0: Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. Today is July 25th of 2023 and this is my Q&A number 154. Um, Every week I do a quick uh, about 30 to 45 minute weekly uh, Q&A podcast. It's basically for my Facebook virtual coaching group that started in August of 2020 we are almost at three years. I really love this group. I have members in 26 states and two international. I'd like to welcome a new member, Lindsay from Oklahoma. So um, this time of year uh, is kind of a, a challenging time of year for most people. Um, you know, it's one of those times a year if you're in, in the South, It's really hot and stormy, and there's only 60 more days of summer. So don't get discouraged. Try to keep the plan. Even if you don't compete as much, just really work on other parts of you. Keep yourself, you know, working out. Keep your horse getting maybe 30 minutes of exercise every other day. Do it early in the morning. It's a perfect time to go back to basics and get more fine-tuning, um, all of those things. Our topic today is going to be adversity um, and having, you know, faith and patience in that adversity and writing like you do in practice uh, as you should in competition. So we're going to talk a lot about that this today. I want to remind everybody, if you had a personal best for July, send it in. I think we have 15 so far and the drawing will be um, the first or second of August for July. Uh, When you send me a video to review, be sure to tell me the name of the arena. If you ride a different horse, the horse's name, the winning time and your time and any concerns, and I'll review your video. Feel free to send me training videos or competition um, and keep them under three minutes long if possible. Um, Let's see here. Uh, In July, our uh, challenges have been to um, do... uh, Loose rein riding and contact riding, and every week I've been posting different things to work on. Last week I talked about doing Liberty work, groundwork with your horses. Um, talk about loose rein riding there. If you're doing your groundwork at Liberty, that can tie into the saddle, working more off body language and less with rein contact. Also, you know, post trotting on a loose rein, sit jogging on a loose rein doing transitions on a loose rein, loping circles on a loose rein, all of those things can be really helpful. Uh, also post some different videos on drills. There's been several so make sure you're checking into the group. Also if you go to the members only page uh, at the very top where there's the um the list of the categories there'll always be like For the new month, for July, um, any new videos that are posted, the links will be there. And then they'll be also put into the categories too. But that way you can see the latest real easy. um, They're there for you, organized. And um, so just keep up on that. And I will be posting August mindset and skill challenges um, next week uh, when August gets here. So I'm going to go through the questions and then get into the topic the first question was about sponsors and um getting sponsors and sadly sponsors um getting cash sponsors or really big product sponsors are generally going to go to the 1d riders and the 1d you know pro for or pro rodeo or even pro uh youth riders um that are going to like world level and stuff most sadly most sponsors want to Sponsor the best. They won't sponsor a 3D or 4D rider unless it's someone you know, um, you know, and it's a smaller sponsor. And it's usually not a cash sponsor. It's usually product sponsor. Sometimes you get lucky and get a cash sponsor, especially youth riders. But if you do want to sponsor, um, I personally don't really respect products like see dynamite doesn't i i use dynamite products and i have for over 15 years dynamite doesn't sponsor any anybody um they feel like it's a boot to boot over the fence product you know you you tell someone you like it because it works for you and then they use it they like it and they use it and they offer you know i think it's a 60 day money back guarantee but um but to me if you were going to sponsor someone your product and you know okay let's sponsor a 3D rider and then if they become 1D because of your product well that's quite a product but if they're already winning on a great horse how would you even know if that product helps or not you know what I'm saying the horse is already a great horse the jockey's already a great jockey that kind of thing so but if you are looking for sponsors all you can do is um you know maybe write a letter saying you know uh what level you're competing at and what you would do for them in return for product or cash sponsorship. And, um, and then you have to be professional. You have to, you know, give shout outs. If you said you're going to put their name on your truck and trailer or on your, your shirt you wear or you're going to, po- you know, comment about them in every post you have on your social networks, um, all of those things, that's what you have to do. So, you know, sponsors can be a pain. I used to do a lot of sponsoring for my clinics Um, and you know, I would always give shout outs and stuff for that, but I tried to only use sponsors of product or services I liked and use personally, but sometimes random people offer to sponsor you and you don't even know the product. So that's what I mean. Sometimes you have to say, you know, you have to decide if it's worth it to you or not. And so I think I heard a interview one time of, um, Oh, what is that bull rider? He was all around bull. He did all around. Eddie Road Bulls, um, I think, uh, gosh, I can't even think of his name right now, but anyways, he had once said that, you know, he was told by his mentor, if you're going to take a sponsor, it better be worth it for, you know, everything that you put into it, so, you know, you've got to kind of weigh out the pros and cons, is it worth what I, I you know, put out for what I get, you know, in return, and, um, you know, because then you're kind of having to cater to your sponsor as well, so just make sure it's worth your time and um it's something that you really do feel like it would be a good fit with your name so the next question was about um you know my runs aren't going as good as my practice well, a lot of times that can be nerves you ride different in practice you ride relaxed you ride to your arc and your spots and then in competition you go in what like a wild banshee you go in you know going to the horn early just ride over riding your horse and you know not even focused on your spots you become handsy and not using your seat and your legs all of those things can cause it and that's why you know i need to see your videos of competition and training so i can see maybe you're dropping your hands maybe you're dropping your shoulder maybe you're looking in maybe you're pulling on your horse maybe you're not sitting down or not riding to their spots all those things can definitely change so if you're having problems in competition Slow down, try to ride like your exhibition or practice, and see if things don't get better. And if it does, then you know it's you and not your horse. So now, mind you, there is a seasoning process, and it takes time to get horses used to different arenas, and you need to learn how to get to, used to different arenas, and that's why you should have a journal and a barrel racing log where you can write down your notes and draw your pattern, and that way you learn from it. You know if your horse isn't finishing a turn maybe you didn't give them room going in maybe you didn't sit down and maybe you started pulling on their face all those things make a huge difference and a lot of times people think their problem is at second or third barrel when the problem started at first barrel so a lot of times that's when you realize you have a problem but that's because you're going so fast your brain didn't register the problem started way back at the first barrel and you think it's that second barrel So now mind you, second barrel can be magnified by coming out of first poorly for sure. And same thing going to third, if you blow out of second, you can really mess up going into third. So each barrel has a, a different challenge, you know, first adrenaline from the alleyway. It's got to, you've got to nail your arc and it's a three quarter turn. Second, got to move over, switch leads and not dump in on that front end. you got to ride square and and centered and separate rate and turn where your horse rates And collects before the barrel but doesn't turn to your legs at the barrel and then third you could slice it it's you know second being a full turn sometimes people over finish it or blow out of it and then your lines not good going to third so you could slice it you could come in at an angle from a rainbow Um, it's you know important that you ride that one square and get your timing just right for when you rate and turn it and finishing it a lot of horses just want to blow out of that one because they like to run home a lot of riders get ahead of themselves and they don't sit and finish their turns that happens a lot at second and third barrel so a lot of stuff can be going on at different times so you definitely want to compete like you trained or your horse won't understand what you're asking and communication is key especially when you add speed So um, you've got to have that, you know, that consistency because that's how horses learn. They learn through consistency and repetition and they learn through you acting a certain way around them. So if all of a sudden you're a nervous wreck and riding completely different, they're not going to know how to respond to that. So make sure you're being calm and focused and just riding like you would if you were in practice. The next question is, uh, are certain bloodlines important for barrel racing? And what do you think is the most important thing to look for in a prospect? Um, well, first, the thing I tell everybody to do is write down on a pen and paper what you want and what your goals are. So that way you don't get sidetracked looking at horses that aren't going to meet that criteria. But absolutely, you can, you can um, look at the Barrel Horse News every year. They come out with their Top 10 studs or mares, grandsires, grand paternal, you know, the mama side, the daddy side. And um, last, I think in 2022, the top 10 stallions were Frenchman's Guy, You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet, Traces, Eddie Stinson, uh, Streak of Fling, Blazon Jetolina, which I think passed away last year, Slick by Design, Goodbye Lane, Dash to Heaven, Dash to Fame. And then the list can go on Firewater, royal, dash. And then if you look at the mayors, you can look at the NFR or the uh, futurities and see certain mayors. Obviously, Sissy Hay Um, You know, there's certain, there's a lot of mayors. Obviously, H- Haley Kenzel's mayor, um, Sherry Servey's mayor. There was a, a lot of mayors that dominated in the pro rodeos. There's a lot of really nice mayors, the the um, Mulberry Canyon. A horse in the futurity world there's a lot of really nice bloodlines in the mare sides and i personally think this is a problem that people get into with breeding you'll breed a mare that's not sound which is a really bad idea okay she's not sound now if it's genetics definitely a bad idea if it was man-made you know it got hurt in performance or you know something you know happened like you know it's man-made and not genetics that's different but you don't want to breed lame horses because you might get lame horse lame foals so you know and i also believe that um i think it was ed wright once said that mares give 75 percent of the personality for the foal and um so a lot of times that's important as well you know um so not just picking the right stallion, but picking the right mare and the right crosses. But there are definitely bloodlines that dominate. And like I said, you can look at the Barrel Horse News has statistics every year. I personally was successful on the first down dash with Briscoe and Nonstop Jet with Maggie and Martha Six Moons um, with Sister and Hemp Myers with Bell and. Um, you know, that's just top side. And then, you know, bottom side was, you know, you know good bloodlines as well. So, it you look at both the stallion and the mare and the crosses, are just some are better than others. But I absolutely think that's important. But I think my top five things that I would be looking for if I was buying a horse um, that maybe was a prospect not proven yet, because obviously, who cares what the papers say? If um, they're already got a proven 1D or 2D record, but if I'm looking at a horse that's just starting on the barrels or hasn't been starting on the barrels, or maybe it's first year competition, definitely I'd look at the bloodlines because certain bloodlines are going to be more successful. Second, I'd look at their confirmation and their mind, if do they have good confirmation that they're going to hold up, uh, also their mind, you know, do they seem like they're going to be, um... A horse that can handle what I want to do with them, you know, if I want a rodeo or a super show. um, Or would they just be better off as a jackpot horse? So these are things that I'm going to look at, too. Some horses are more quirky or fractious um, or more scared, lacking confidence. Um, Confirmation can hurt you. If a horse is just overly towed out or towed in or their knees are forward or their hawks don't, you know, have that good... um, you know, to their stifle don't have a good shape to them or, you know, they don't have good feet, you know, their hooves are not the best, um, all these things, you know, if their bodies balance, their neck, their back, their underneath, their shoulder, the slope of their hip and, and their shoulder together, their eye, you know, do they have all the things that make a good um, competition horse. So third, I'm going to look at their foundation. I have met many horses that didn't get the right start in life, never become 100% the best they could be. So I think foundation, and I'm talking from your colt starter up to, you know, when you're teaching their basics. If you have bad experiences when you're teaching them colt starting or foundation or even the barrels, if there's any point where they're overexposed or overpressured, you could mess up that horse that would have maybe been a great horse one day and only get half of what you could have got out of that horse or 50, you know, 80% instead of 100%. So that's really important as number three for me. Number four, obviously their talent and their heart. Some horses... There's a lot of good horses out there, but the, there are few great horses that win and excel at every level. Futurity, Rodeo, Super Show. Those horses at the 1D top level are far and few between. Like I said, there's a lot of good horses, 2D, 3D. But those, those rare, great 1D horses, those ones, you know, are once in a lifetime horses for some people. And some never have one. And then I guess the fifth thing for me is about the fit. It's got to be the right fit. One horse may not do well with one rider, but excel with a a different. So, so that matters as well. So my five things would be bloodlines, confirmation, their mind for two, number three, foundation, number four, talent and heart, number five, the right fit. So. So yes, all of those factors come in, you know, and then and then it magnifies when you're actually competing the care, the conditioning, the emotional, mental game set, the physical. There's so much to winning. So you have to respect people that are out there winning because there's so much that goes into it. There's not just, you know, whip and spur or pull them out of the stall and go in. There's a lot that goes into proper equipment, saddle fit, Um, care, you know, uh, pre-run routine. There is so much to barrel racing, and that's why it's when you do win, it's such an awesome feeling because you know what all went into it. I start many of my clinics saying nothing better than hearing the new time to beat or the winner is with your name followed behind it. And when you have those feelings, you'll remember that for the rest of your life because it's not just that win. It's everything that went into getting your passion to finally you know everything came together that that drive and that passion that you've worked so hard at so all right so the topic for today adversity and barrel racing um you know adversity is just part of life you know and um it's going to happen in barrel racing and sometimes when you're you feel like you have bad luck or it's only you you watch the barn your horse has an abscess or has a cut or gets hurt in a run or got hurt in the pasture I promise you, it's not you, but you know, as well as I know, we only see people's highlights of their life on social internet. If they were to post all their day-to-day life, you would, you would realize they're just like you and me. They put their pants on the same way. They have the same bad things happen. Things break. Things get hurt. You know, it just is life. So what I would recommend is having patience and having faith. Patience that, you know, the, the good times come back. And the hard times will end faith, faith that, you know, if you believe and, and uh, pray that and be patient, it will happen. And you have to be courageous and it's not something that you can go into thinking, you know, this is going to be easy. You've got to work at it. You've got to want it. You have to be strong. Dedication and try is so important. There is no journey in any uh, writer or, uh, any, any rider, any horse or any life that is without adversity. So here are my top seven things to focus on, um, that will help you when you do have adversity. I felt like that last week and it's kind of flowed into this week. It was just one thing after another, um, two lame horses. I only have four. Um, you know, I had to have my shore come back, uh, twice with issues and, um, you know, an issue with my uh, John Deere, an issue with my, my four-wheeler, all the things that I need to take care of my ranch. It was just a lot of little things, right? So it kind of wears on you. The puppy woke me up s- several nights um, in the potty training and just a little details, you know, and just, just the life stuff, the little things that say, you know, that's the, the, the non-fun part. But what about the fun part? Riding my horse, that's fun. You know, playing with the puppy, that's fun. You know, but but remembering that puppies are a lot of work and so are colts. It's not like your old horse or your old dog that just kind of easy going to be around, right? So, um, so that's the thing about adversity. So my number one thing is pray. Wake up, Give thanks and pray for guidance. And um, that just starts your day on the right path and keeps you close to God, keeps your mindset right, you know, and, and keeps you open. If you don't have some quiet time, like some people love to be around people nonstop. Me, I really like my alone time. I love it. I feel a lot closer to my, I don't know, just my spirit and my my feelings and where I want to be and what I want to do versus when you're, and you have to have a balance, obviously, but if you are 100% always around noise and people, you don't really have that time to really, you're living life and you're, you know, maybe having a good time, but, but are you, you know, really in tune to your own needs and what you need um, and where you want to go with things? So, so I think there has to be a balance um, for that. And so, by even that few minutes before you start your day with your family or your job or your horses, whatever just saying a few prayers and, and, uh, you know, giving thanks for things and and guidance for the future. That's always good. Number two is having a plan. So often people don't want to get back to basics because it's boring. They'd rather just compete, compete, compete. But so often basics is exactly what you need to do. Um, or spend time getting your horse fit yeah it's way more fun to just go compete on the weekend it's not so much fun to have to go long trot my horse three days a week to keep them fit you know people want to take shortcuts and use hot walkers and pull them behind golf carts and stuff like that and some horses do fine with that but other ones need wet saddle pads and need time in the saddle with you going back to basics or getting out and you know going on that trail ride or whatever maybe not so much in the heat and summer bugs and all but but, um, but yeah, getting back to basics, getting that connection is important. Um, you know, you need to decide, is my horse, you know, these, my plan, where is my hole? Is it my basics? Is it my horse's fitness? Is it their soundness? Do I need to take care of them better? Do I need to go more? Some of you go plenty. Some of you don't go enough. Some of you may not ride enough. Um, some of you don't dedicate enough time to your horse's soundness everybody's got different things some of you've got holes in your foundation or your pattern and then it just magnifies when you add speed so all these things have to be considered number three is working at it that's the biggest thing if you don't take action if you're just a dreamer things are never gonna happen for you so make a schedule some of you do better with a daily schedule some of you do better with a weekly schedule but make a schedule and take action to stick to it number four the kiss theory keep it simple silly um, i don't say stupid <laughs> i like silly better but um but the kiss theory is important um especially with barrel racers i know a lot of barrel racers a lot of barrel racers are pretty much control freaks they're perfectionists they are borderline ocd because uh, <laughs> i you know we all have a lot of those traits um and you can really complicate things and get in your head way too much. Um, What you need to do is just simplify things and um, that's how a horse is. A horse is very in the moment. They're very mindful of the present. They're not thinking about the past or the future. They're just in the moment and present. And the more you keep things simple, the better. And that's gonna be in just your routines, um, in your conditioning, your care, in your, in your feeding program, I can tell you knock on wood and I'll knock on this wood. Sorry. I just woke my puppy up. Sorry. I shouldn't knocked on the wood. Go back to sleep. Good boy. God, You don't want to wake up the, the puppy. That'd be way too much energy. And I still need to finish the podcast. Okay. Don't knock on wood, but kind of knock on wood. So we'll do it without, we'll do it in my mind here. So anyways, um, but knock on wood, I have not, um ever had any huge vet bills or surgeries or anything like that um an occasional dehydration, you know maybe uh an occasional rolled in stingy nettles or something like that but and some you know normal lameness of you know just the sport of competition but but nothing like, you know, colic surgeries or anything horrible like that. Um, my mare, Belle, had eye surgery, and she would tie up here or there till I figured out her diet, um, what she needed in her diet. So, But to me, the more I keep it simple, the healthier my animals stay. I feed quality hay, and that can be a mix of alfalfa, orchard, and timothy. I just, base on what my feed store has quality-wise and, you know, how much grass I have in the pasture um, and kind of how my horses are looking, but I feed quality hay. I don't feed any grain. Um, they do get one ounce of a di- dynamite um, amino acid chelated vitamin and mineral supplement. It's one ounce, and you can throw that. You, they'll eat it right out of your hand, or you can mix it with some hay pellet if you wanted to, Sometimes I'll do that in the summer. I'll put a little uh, electrolytes, the Dynaspark with the dynamite on maybe uh, one cup of hay pellets and a little water. And then that way I know they're getting their vitamins and their electrolytes, especially this time of year. But in the cooler months, I might just give up to them out of my hand um, when I say hello to them for the day or when I'm getting them out for exercise, whatever, and then get their vitamins as a treat. Um, they all have free choice, loose minerals and salts in their sheds paddocks or stalls and uh, right now they're going through I would think they'd go through the pink salt more um, but they're really going through the one-to-one calcium and phosphorus mineral so I'm not really certain why except their bodies probably wore out with all this or maybe the grass has so much sugar in it right now that they're wanting the calcium and the phosphorus I'm not really certain but they are definitely going through that right now. Um, sometimes they'll go through the is mine, the black one. That's especially when the barometric pressure is changing, like with hurricanes and such. Um, in Colorado, when the barometric changes would happen, they like the is mine back then as well. Um, and then as far as the, uh, the two to one, um, sometimes they'll go after that one. That's more calcium. But if they're getting a lot of alfalfa, they'll tend to just stay with the one to one and, um, but if you feed more grass, they may like the two-to-one more. But um, but yeah, so I just kind of mix based on what they're looking like, how much hay they get. I usually give them alfalfa a flake for breakfast. And then I'll put the grass hay, the timothy or the orchard in their hay net and hang that in their stalls. And they get that once. And then I'll refill it the next day if they ate it at all. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Just depend on if they stayed in their stalls much Or went out and ate grass much. You know the weather can predict that as well. Um, So you know, like I said, keeping it simple to me is really important. I I rode my horses when I was competing three days during the week, and then I'd haul them on the weekend, usually once on the weekend. So they usually got worked four days a week and had three days off. Occasionally there'd be super shows, or occasionally a two day, you know, rodeo or event. Um, But but not every single weekend. Mine probably competed on average two or three times a month at max, um, usually twice a month. And they last me for many, many years. So I think balance is key with that too. Um, I think if you are going every week, you're going to have to have your vet, your vet and your chiropractor involved more and make sure you're keeping those horses sound. Um, your farrier, those are things that can matter too. People don't even know what kind of shoes their horseshoer puts on them and all of a sudden the horseshoeer swaps their shoes and doesn't tell you and you're slipping all over the place at the next barrel race it happens you know if they change them too much um, so if things are working, let them know, hey, my horse feels good right now, keep everything the same or if you're feeling something feels off to you, let them know that too because the farrier can maybe make a change and you know, and, and, the change in the breakover, giving them a little bit different traction with a different shoe, that kind of thing, or if they're barefoot, whatever. So, um, so keep all those things in mind as well. And, um, that's my kiss theory. Number five is, um, just try to be, like I said, like a horse is mindful. They're just in the present. They're just enjoying their day. They're in the moment. So be happy. Enjoy the process and just enjoy the joy of your day. And number six, um, looking back sometimes is okay, especially if it's to look back and remember how far you have come from your past um, and you learn from your past. But mainly, you know, you don't want to get too caught up with the future or the past, but just try to stay in the present as much as possible. Set those goals for the future. Learn from how far you've come in the past and then just stay present and really just enjoy where you are. And finally, the seventh thing is um, believing in yourself, keeping a positive attitude and um, knowing that your dreams can come true if you keep working at it. So I think that's been the key with my business. Um, TLC started in the early 90s in Colorado and in Florida in the beginning of 2001. Um, So for... 30 years now, it's just been consistency, you know, I have pivoted my business from training to coaching, and um, always did clinics and lessons, but, um, you know, just with time and age, you know, I, I, I had to, you know, you can only, when you're a blue collar worker, meaning you use your body for a living, instead of your brain, you, there is an expiration date on everybody, whether you're a professional athlete. You know, that's like football players or basketball players. There's a point where they retire because the 20 and 30 year olds are, um, you know, just younger and healthier and their bodies are barely out, able to get out of their bed when they get in their 40s, you know. So so definitely something to consider um, if you have a business, you know, in, in modifying your business with age as well. Um, those are all things to consider, but that's where experience comes in. where i'm so thankful i trained as many horses i did because that's where my education came from you know the most the most you will learn is every horse that you get to ride every horse and rider combination you meet so i value those thousands of people and horses because that's what taught me what i know now and i'm able to share that knowledge as a coach um to others so, so, definitely, while well, you can, where you're young and you have that energy and you're healthy, do as much as you can, ride as many as you can. So, um, just remember, I'm gonna close now with a couple of final thoughts for you. Um, there's something that all winners have in common um, they have a vision, they have a plan, they work hard, they're eager to learn, they're persistent. They take responsibility, not blaming others or situations. They network. They've got a village of people they can learn from and trust and, and help them. They, um, they take action. They don't procrastinate. They're very self-reliant. They very much live in the moment and not waste their time. So... Um, I'm going to finish by just saying, if the plan's not working for you, change your plan, but never your goal. So, thank you guys for tuning in this week. Watch for some new videos in the group this week, especially for the summer series basics we're doing. Um, And, uh, as always, ride with heart, and God bless.